The scripture reading for this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 6, verses 27 through 38. But I say to you who are willing to hear, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on the cheek, offer the other one as well. If someone takes your coat, don't withhold your shirt either. Give to everyone who asks, and don't demand your things back from those who take them. Treat people in the same way that you want them to treat you. If you love those who love you, why should you be commended? Even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, why should you be commended? Even sinners do that. If you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, why should you be commended? Even sinners lend to sinners, expecting to be paid back in full. Instead, love your enemies, do good, and lend expecting nothing in return. If you do, you will have a great reward. You will be acting the way children of the Most High act, for He is kind to ungrateful and wicked people. Be compassionate, just as your Father is compassionate. Don't judge, and you won't be judged. Don't condemn, and you won't be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good portion packed down, firmly shaken, and overflowing, will fall into your lap. The portion you give will determine the portion you receive in return. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. If you would pray with me for just a moment. Lord, we are thankful that you have brought us here brought us here this morning to learn a little something about you, to learn a little something about ourselves and how we should be in relation to you. Open our eyes that we may see you, open our ears that we may hear you, open our minds that we may understand you, and open our hearts that we may love you even more. We ask these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. There's a hymn that goes, and I promise you I will not sing. It goes, we are one in the Spirit. We are one in the Lord. And we pray that our unity will one day be restored. And they'll know we are Christians by our love. By our love. Yes, they'll know we are Christians by our love. And when you hear that, it all seems pretty straightforward, right? 
we have this song and we have a scripture that backs it up. Our love for one another is shown by our unity. It's shown by our community. And from the text, it, it gets a little more specific there. It says, love your enemy. Give to anyone who begs from you. Don't judge. And do unto others as you would have them do unto you. In short, do loving stuff and people will know Christ through you. But this is Jesus talking here. And with Jesus, it's never that simple. Jesus always goes deeper. And so we have to follow him down that rabbit hole in order to find out just exactly what he means when he talks about love in this passage. As I studied this text, uh, there was one word that jumped out at me. And funny enough, it's a word that doesn't even appear in the scripture. The word is strength. It takes strength to love the way that Jesus tells us to love. Any of us who has ever been part of a family knows that unconditional love takes strength. Now, we've already mentioned several times that Joya isn't here today. She's homesick, and a couple of days ago, I was up at four in the morning taking care of her. And we thought that she'd be well enough to be here today, but surprise, I had to write a sermon in a hurry. <laughs> um, it took some strength based in love to be up early in the morning with her when what I really wanted to do was go to sleep because I had to go to work the next day. It took some strength to rearrange my weekend plans to make sure that I could be here and preaching for you all this morning. Now, I'm not saying any of this to brag. I'm not especially stronger than anybody else. I just love my wife and I want what's best for her. Anyone who is a loving caretaker does the same. Parents of small children or not so small children, those who care for elderly parents, nurses, doctors, emergency personnel, all know what it means to put aside their own wants for just a moment or two to make sure that another person has what they need to thrive. But strength, it's a tricky thing. We're conditioned by our culture to be strong. We're conditioned to fight for what we want, to take what's ours. So the kind of strength that we put on display is important. Is it a strength founded in an all-encompassing agape love? Or is it a strength based more on conventional means, means that our world would recognize things like money, power, authority? I think it's easy to see from this text that a strong arm kind of strength is not the kind of strength that Jesus commands. Rather, Jesus wants us to display to the world a strength that is based in love. Now, this all sounds good, but really, you know, what's the point? We can get along pretty well using conventional forms of strength. And we can still be good people doing it, right? We can use our financial resources in ethical ways. We can use our authority and our access to power to help other people. We can be good people and still use these conventional forms of strength that the world recognizes and accepts. So why should we bother to go through the extra effort to be publicly loving? 
Well, we have to make love the foundation of our strength because this text holds two messages. There's the overt message, love one another, and that's a message for right now. It speaks to us in our present moment, even as it spoke to Jesus' disciples as they sat and listened to him. If we read all of chapter 6, what we see is Jesus taking the time to form a new community. Early in the chapter, he chooses the twelve who will become the apostles. He then teaches and heals among a great crowd. And leading up to our text today, he gives a text of the blessed are yous and the woe to yous. And here in our text, he instructs this group of, of men that he's brought together in how to live with one another. Jesus has put together a group of people who will display a different kind of faith in God. A kind of faith that is alien to the conventional faith of their day. And he expects them to live it out in difficult circumstances. The thing you have to remember is that the Jews lived under Roman occupation. Theologian Howard Thurman notes that in Jesus' time, the urgent question was, what must be the attitude towards Rome? He goes on to say that Rome symbolized total frustration. Rome was the great barrier to peace of mind. The Jews of Jesus' time had to decide how they were going to react to the oppression of Rome. How were they going to use their strength? Were they going to react conventionally and use strength as Rome used it, violently, destructively? Or were they going to react another way? Jesus instructs them simply. He says, love your enemy. Turn the other cheek. And on the surface, I think that this response sounds weak. It sounds like it lacks strength. But here's the thing. Turning the other cheek, as Jesus says to do, is actually a sign of strength. It's not a sign of weakness. It's not, turning the other cheek is not an invitation to allow someone else to abuse you. The turned cheek is in defiance of the first blow, not an acquiescence to it. The turned cheek is not an invitation for a follow-up. Rather, it is a purposeful and strength-filled response that exposes the other to their sin. It exposes them to their own lack of strength and their own lack of love. Turning the other cheek is not meekness. It's not weakness. On the contrary, turning the other cheek under one's own authority is immensely powerful. And this is what Jesus means by loving your enemy. Love them so much. Put so much strength behind your love that how you live in relation to other people, in relation to some system, some idea, whatever it is that offends you, love them so deeply that you turn their offense back onto them so that they can see Christ in you and repent. And in so doing, they can become your brother or your sister in this life. We can't achieve this through conventional means of strength. There's no amount of force that can make someone who is against you love you. It is only through a strength based in love that enemies become friends. 
The second message of this text is a message for later. And it gets to our theme for this week, which comes from our communion liturgy. Until Christ comes again in final victory, and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Doesn't this evoke the end of our passage for you? It does for me. In verse 35, Jesus said, Your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High. And then in verse 38, he says, Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For the measure you give will be the measure you get back. Doesn't this sound like what will happen when Jesus returns in glory? Now, Jesus is very clear that we do not give, that we don't love others out of a desire for a reward. But a reward does come in the end. When Jesus returns in final victory and the world is transformed from one filled with sin to one filled with the glory of God, there is a reward in that. We can't just live for right now, our text tells us. We also have to look forward. How can we as individuals, as a church, as the big C church, be ready for Jesus if we're not working right now to love as he showed us how to love? We cannot be disciples of Jesus if we don't have the strength to love. And we only build up that strength by exercising our love and community. So I hope it's clear to you now that we have some questions that we need to ask ourselves. How do we turn to others, both those who are like us and those who differ from us? How do we turn toward those who agree with us and those who don't? How do we find unity in Christian community if we cannot muster the strength to love across borders and boundaries of race, sexuality, and politics? I picked these three on purpose, and I picked them because they seem to be the big questions of our day. And as a church and as individuals, we, we're really struggling with them. Could it be that our struggle betrays that we have not loved our enemies well enough? Could it be that we've not even loved our friends well enough? Is our love weak and lacking in the strength needed to cross these boundaries? These are questions that the special session of General Conference is wrestling with even as we speak. Delegates from around the world, including Dalton, are meeting to decide whether or not we as a church are strong enough to love even those who offend us. They're deciding right now what we will show the world. They're deciding whether we will show the world the strength of our love or the weakness of our mere tolerance. Let us raise our prayers that the delegates will find strength in the Holy Spirit to love across division. And not for the sake of the United Methodist Church, but for the sake of the witness of Christ in our world. But I don't want us to make a mistake to think that this is just about church law or just about what our discipline says about human sexuality. All of this really, it turns back on us. It turns back on those of us who are sitting in these pews and those of us who are sitting in sanctuaries around the country and around the world. It turns back on we who are doing our best to live with one another in Christian community, who are doing our best to love Jesus and to love one another. How do we love across boundaries and borders? 
And not just the borders that seem far away. It's easy to love the people who are stuck at the southern border of our country. But how do we exercise our strength to love across the borders in our own homes or the borders in our jobs? How do we love across the borders here in our church and the borders that we encounter when we're out and about doing our daily business? Do we have the strength to cross those borders, to love those who hate us, to love those who misunderstand us, to love those who want nothing to do with us because they just don't know what we're about? These are hard questions, but if we really aim to be disciples of Jesus Christ, we must ask them, and we must seek answers for them. And if you don't have this strength yet, it's okay. Know that there is grace. Jesus' love is strong enough to show up through the Holy Spirit even when we can't manage the task. But we do have to give it our best. We have to be intentional about building our strength to love. We build strength by crossing borders. We build strength by turning the other cheek when someone offends us. We build strength by remembering that every other person that we encounter is doing the best that they can, just like we are. And we have to cultivate compassion for them in that knowledge. They will know we are Christians by our love. Yes, they will. But they will really know that we are Christians by the strength of our love for them and for anyone else who's not like us. So let's show them how strong we are in love individually and how strong we are in love as a church. Who knows? Maybe by the time Jesus returns in final glory, we will have fewer enemies to turn our cheeks to. Father, in the name of the loving Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit who gives us strength to love. Amen.